In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today is Trinity Sunday, and once upon a time, once upon a time, everyone would have had a prayer book in your hands, and you'd have only followed the service from your prayer books. And in those prayer books, there was a whole lot of information about our faith. And one of the most interesting writings in the prayer book is the Athanasian Creed. Now, when I was in theological college, we had to recite the Athanasian Creed 12 times a year. I'm going to read a little bit of it to you, not all of it, because it goes for more than two pages. This was drawn up by a great council, and it took countless years to compose. It says, the Creed of St. Athanasius, whosoever will be saved all things, before all things is necessary that he hold the Catholic faith. The faith except everyone do keep whole and undefiled, without doubt he shall perish everlastingly. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance, for there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, another of the Holy Ghost, but the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is all one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such is the Son, such is the Holy Ghost. The Father uncreate, the Son uncreate, the Holy Ghost uncreate. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, and the Holy Ghost incomprehensible. And we used to add in college and the whole darn thing incomprehensible. <laughs> and the final line, the final line, this is the Catholic faith, which except a man believe faithfully, he cannot be saved. It was written to try and solve this great mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, all working together. And that creep does spell out a lot of truths. They're all equal, co-eternal and have one source. Is there any way that we can understand the three activities of God? I want to try today. It may or may not fit into your belief or make sense. But God, the Father, is the creator. I grew up in the time of the Moody Institute films. Some of you just may remember the Moody Institute films. They were circulated and they looked at the beauty and the majesty and the wonder of creation under a microscope. Uh, episodes I always remember was a whole session on snowflakes, the beauty of snowflakes. Every snowflake has a design. And no two snowflakes have the same design. They're all new, unique and different, just like our fingerprints. And it just showed the wonder of what happens naturally in the society that we live in. It looked at the beauty and the great detail of the flowers that often we just take for granted the fragrance of a rose, 
Now, people can make very, very good artificial roses these days. You can hardly tell the difference. But one thing they can't do is put the scent into that rose, which is unique and special, and we recognise it so easily. And look at the wonder of birth from conception, how when we are smaller than a pinhead, we're all locked in what we're going to be for the rest of our lives. A great miracle of creation. And then when you look at this creation we live in, and one of the great things about Space Journey and the Hubble telescope is the wonder and the beauty and the majesty of creation. It is beyond our comprehensions. But for me... The one thing that I've always accepted, nothing multiplied by nothing equals nothing ad infinitum. In many ways, the end of the story. I'm not concerned about the detail of how the world come to be what I see today. As I drive out past the estuary and watch the sunrise, I don't want to know the detail. I can see and I see this majesty and this beauty of God the Creator. And we all have that power of creation, and the Creator is always more powerful, more beautiful than what He has created. So God's majesty is greater than all that we ever see with our eyes. And it gives us some insight into God. And then we Think about the second part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that guides us, which we don't always recognise. Yesterday, just yesterday morning, about half past nine, I received a phone call from uh, Burl Ives' heavenly telephone. And I took the call and we were talking and this person said to me, Brian, we're coming in for a cup of coffee after we've been up to see some people in the hospital. Will you be home? And I said, no, we won't be home because Jude's in hospital. I'm going up there. And she said, oh, we'll meet up there. And this person then said to me, oh, I'll see you at the service in Australindia in the morning. And I think Fran recognised the stunned silence because I've had a pretty heavy week. I haven't been 100% and I hadn't checked my diary. And God had used Fran as an angel to remind me to be here this morning and changed everything. Changed everything. Can you imagine what it have done to me personally if he had rung me at 10 to 8 and said, Brian, where are you? you're not here, the panic I would have got into and at my age you need your confidence, it would have destroyed my confidence and I would have been a mess, to be honest. I know that because I know myself well. But God used an angel to convey a message to me and the outcome was perfect. That is how the Spirit works in our lives on a daily basis. All we need to do is listen.
is to listen. I could write a book on the number of times that's happened in my life. Now we can do one of two things. We can give glory to God, which I do this morning. Say, gee, that was lucky. What a coincidence. It's in the eyes of the believer. And if you think about that, that's why we belong to the Christian faith and not the Christian religion. Faith is about relationships. Religion's about rules and regulations. By faith, I believe that God works through Fran to give me a message. My faith is built up. I trust a little more because of that experience. And in our lives, if we recognise that, it makes that huge difference. And perhaps you might like to just reflect for a second on an instant like that in your own lives. When God has spoken and used somebody else as his angel. Because the word angel only means messenger. The angels are the messengers of God. And most of God's angels are in human form that he used on a daily basis. And so the spirit is active in our lives at all times. And so we look at God the Son. You can look at me. We can look at one another. And it tells absolutely nothing about our personalities. You see the outward and visible form that's got the power to create, but it tells nothing about our personalities. Jesus Christ is the exact personality of God. Now, if you read John and you hear Jesus' words, I and the Father are one. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And as we come to read those incredibly simple Gospels, those simple stories, we see in the heart and the personality of God himself. In reality, it is so simple, too many people miss out because it's a simple message of God's love for us, our love for one another, and the transformation of human lives. We are called by our faith to be the imitators of Christ's life in our daily journey. And that is so critically important. We are reflectors of Christ's life in what we do and what we say and how we treat people. My lifelong prayer has always been to have the capacity to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. That's always been my prayer. Because I know that if I look at the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ, it's very different to Brian's eyes with all the failings and my fallen human nature. I see life at the best. And if you look at Jesus, all he ever did was lift people up. 
to encourage, to praise, to bring together, to live in peace. And that wonderful promise that Jesus made, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. The great gifts we have. So now I want very briefly to try and explain to you that every one of you who sit in those chairs this morning are a trinity. In reality, there's three parts to you. The first is what I can see. You have a human body that has the power to create. And of course, the conception and birth of children is the greatest part of that creation. You have hands that can mould and shape and build things. You can make a cake, you can make a dressing, do all sorts of things. And you're always master of your creation. You can do whatever you wish with what you make, but it is your creation. But that tells me nothing about your personality. It can tell me something about your skills. But deep inside each and every one of us is a personality that makes us the people we are. And our personalities may vary, but it's the personality that gives life meaning. Otherwise, we're just but a shell. And we believe through faith as that spirit, that personality that God takes and we close in the resurrection. And so we have a personality which represents Jesus Christ's life. But also we have influence. Many of you have got grandchildren or children and you have an influence. I was in the prison yesterday We've just had a whole flood of people coming back into prison. And so many of them said at the NA meeting I was holding was, Father Brian, I remember when you warned us about that. You told us this would happen if we had the wrong playground and playmates. We didn't resolve our problems. We didn't change our attitude to the police. We treated them with disrespect. All the things you warned us about have come true. And where do I find myself? Back in prison. I wasn't in their presence. They couldn't see me physically, but they remembered what I'd shared with them while we were together. Our spirit of influence. And every one of you have the power of influence over your children, your grandchildren, and the people around you. And we desperately need to use that influence in the world today. We need to have the courage to defend what is right. We need to have the courage to set the example that needs to be set in a very troubled and confused world. And it has changed so dramatically, we don't always see it happening because it's gradual. I was listening to a program on the 
anniversary of the ABC radio just the other night and the program was about how things have changed and West Australian radio used to be 6WF which was 6 West Farmers for those that uh, come from a long time ago and at 5 to 12 the radio station closed even at 5 to 12 with a Bible reading and a prayer the radio station closed with a Bible reading and a prayer for many, many years. Now, you all know what so-called political correctness, we can't defend our faith, has done to our society. We have changed and in many ways we've allowed it to change. But we must be fearless in standing up and defending what is right. And so, my friends, may God the Father always inspire you to use your gifts. May God the Son help you to reveal your personality to those you love. And may the God the Spirit guide you into all truth and give you the courage you need to defend what is right in life. Well, today is Trinity Sunday, and once upon a time, once upon a time, everyone would have had a prayer book in your hands, and you'd have only followed the service from your prayer books. And in those prayer books, there was a whole lot of information about our faith. And one of the most interesting writings in the prayer book is the Athanasian Creed. Now, when I was in theological college, we had to recite the Athanasian Creed 12 times a year. I'm going to read a little bit of it to you, not all of it, because it goes for more than two pages. This was drawn up by a great council, and it took countless years to compose. It says, the Creed of St. Athanasius, whosoever will be saved all things, before all things is necessary, that he hold the Catholic faith. The faith except everyone do keep, whole and undefiled, without doubt, he shall perish everlastingly. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, another of the Holy Ghost, but the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is all one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such is the Son, such is the Holy Ghost. The Father uncreate, the Son uncreate, the Holy Ghost uncreate. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, and the Holy Ghost incomprehensible. And we used to add in college and the whole darn thing incomprehensible. <laughs> and the final line, the final line, this is the Catholic faith, which except a man believe faithfully 
he cannot be saved. It was written to try and solve this great mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, all working together. And that creep does spell out a lot of truth. They're all equal, co-eternal and have one source. Is there any way that we can understand the three activities of God? I want to try today. It may or may not fit into your belief or make sense. But God, the Father, is the creator. I grew up in the time of the Moody Institute films. Some of you just may remember the Moody Institute films. They were circulated and they looked at the beauty and the majesty and the wonder of creation under a microscope. And one of the episodes I always remember was a whole session on snowflakes. The beauty of snowflakes. Every snowflake has a design. And no two snowflakes have the same design. They're all new, unique and different, just like our fingerprints. And it just showed the wonder of what happens naturally in the society that we live in. It looked at the beauty and the great detail of the flowers that often we just take for granted. The fragrance of a rose. Now, people can make very, very good artificial roses these days. You can hardly tell the difference. But one thing they can't do is put the scent into that rose, which is unique and special, and we recognise it so easily. And look at the wonder of birth. From conception, how when we are smaller than a pinhead, we're all locked in what we're going to be for the rest of our lives. A great miracle of creation. And then when you look at this creation we live in, and one of the great things about Space Journey and the Hubble telescope is the wonder and the beauty and the majesty of creation. It is beyond our comprehensions. But for me, the one thing that I've always accepted, nothing multiplied by nothing equals nothing ad infinitum. In many ways, the end of the story. I'm not concerned about the detail of how the world come to be what I see today. As I drive out past the estuary and watch the sunrise, I don't want to know the detail. I can see. And I see this majesty and this beauty of God the Creator. And we all have that power of creation and the Creator is always more powerful, more beautiful than what he has created. So God's majesty is greater than all that we ever see with our eyes. And it gives us some insight into God. And then we think about the second part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that guides us, which we don't always recognise. Yesterday, just yesterday morning, about half past nine, I received a phone call from uh, Burr Lives' uh, Heavenly Telephone. 
and I took the call and we were talking and this person said to me, Brian, we're coming in for a cup of coffee after we've been up to see some people in the hospital. Will you be home? I said, no, I won't be home because Jude's in hospital. I'm going up there. And she said, oh, we'll meet up there. And this person then said to me, oh, I'll see you at the service in Australindia in the morning. And I think Fran recognised the stunned silence because I've had a pretty heavy week. I haven't been 100% and I hadn't checked my diary and God had used Fran as an angel to remind me to be here this morning and changed everything, changed everything. Can you imagine what it have done to me personally if he had rung me at 10 to 8 and said, Brian, where are you? You're not here. The panic I would have got into, and at my age, you need your confidence. It would have destroyed my confidence, and I would have been a mess, to be honest. I know that because I know myself well. But God used an angel to convey a message to me, and the outcome was perfect. That is how our, the Spirit works in our lives on a daily basis. <laughs> All we need to do is listen, is to listen. I could write a book on the number of times that's happened in my life. Now, we can do one of two things. We can give glory to God, which I do this morning. say, so, gee, that was lucky. What a coincidence. It's in the eyes of the believer. And if you think about that, that's why we belong to the Christian faith and not the Christian religion. Faith is about relationships. Religion is about rules and regulations. By faith, I believe that God works through Fran to give me a message. My faith is built up. I trust a little more because of that experience. And in our lives, if we recognise that, it makes that huge difference. And perhaps you might like to just reflect for a second on an instant like that in your own lives. When God has spoken and used somebody else as his angel. Because the word angel only means messenger. The angels are the messengers of God. And most of God's angels are in human form that he uses on a daily basis. And so the spirit is active in our lives at all times. And so we look at God the Son. You can look at me. We can look at one another. And it tells absolutely nothing about our personalities. You see the outward and visible form that's got the power to create, but it tells nothing about our personalities. Jesus Christ is the exact personality of God. Now, if you read John and you hear Jesus' words, 
I and the Father are one. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And as we come to read those incredibly simple Gospels, those simple stories, we see in the heart and the personality of God himself. In reality, it is so simple, too many people miss out because it's a simple message of God's love for us, our love for one another, and the transformation of human lives. We are called by our faith to be the imitators of Christ's life in our daily journey. And that is so critically important. We are reflectors of Christ's life in what we do and what we say and how we treat people. My lifelong prayer's always been to have the capacity to look at the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. That's always been my prayer. Because I know that if I look through at the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ, it's very different to Brian's eyes with all the failings and my fallen human nature. I see life at the best. And if you look at Jesus, all he ever did was lift people up to encourage, to praise, to bring together, to live in peace. And that wonderful promise that Jesus made, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. The great gifts we have. So now I want very briefly to try and explain to you that every one of you who sit in those chairs this morning are a trinity. In reality, there's three parts to you. The first is what I can see. You have a human body that has the power to create. And of course, the conception and birth of children is the greatest part of that creation. You have hands that can mould and shape and build things. You can make a cake, you can make a dressing, do all sorts of things. And you're always master of your creation. You can do whatever you wish with what you make, but it is your creation. But that tells me nothing about your personality. It can tell me something about your skills. But deep inside each and every one of us, is a personality that makes us the people we are. And our personalities may vary, but it's the personality that gives life meaning. Otherwise, we're just but a shell. And we believe through faith as that spirit, that personality that God takes, and we close in the resurrection. And so we have a personality which represents Jesus Christ's life. But also we have influence. Many of you have got grandchildren or children and you have an influence. I was in the prison yesterday. We just had a whole flood 
of people coming back into prison. And so many of them said at the NA meeting I was holding was, Father Brian, I remember when you warned us about that. You told us this would happen if we had the wrong playground and playmates. We didn't resolve our problems. We didn't change our attitude to the police. We treated them with disrespect. All the things you warned us about have come true. And where do I find myself? Back in prison. I wasn't in their presence. They couldn't see me physically, but they remembered what I'd shared with them while we were together. Our spirit of influence. And every one of you have the power of influence over your children, your grandchildren, and the people around you. And we desperately need to use that influence in the world today. We need to have the courage to defend what is right. We need to have the courage to set the example that needs to be set in a very troubled and confused world. And it has changed so dramatically, we don't always see it happening because it's gradual. I was listening to a program on the anniversary of the ABC radio just the other night, and the program was about how things have changed and West Australian Radio used to be 6WF, which was 6 West Farmers, for those that uh, come from a long time ago. <laughs> and at 5 to 12, the radio station closed, even at 5 to 12, with a Bible reading and a prayer. The radio station closed with a Bible reading and a prayer for many, many years. Now, you all know what so-called political correctness, we can't defend our faith, has done to our society. We have changed and in many ways we've allowed it to change. But we must be fearless in standing up and defending what is right. And so, my friends, may God the Father always inspire you to use your gifts. May God the Son help you to reveal your personality to those you love. And may the God the Spirit guide you into all truth and give you the courage you need to defend what is right in life. 